Welcome to this week's episode Voices in Hyperspace. Legendary Black Lion. I'm Ella Asylum. And I'm Sunday. Hello. <laughs> it looks like our communications uh, went down for a moment. <laughs> That's what we get for not having our communications officer available. Yeah. Pay raises, people. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Nita is, she is on an away mission. She is, uh, what's the name of the place? Belmont Park. Belmont Park. She's away at Belmont Park, uh, interacting with, uh, the local culture there. Mm Um, I'm pretty sure she would be, she'll bring us back a robust report. (laughs) (laughs) So we, (laughs) we're being very nerdy about this today. But in the meantime, let's uh, let's kind of get some um, some current events things going. So Mel, Mel Asylum, um, you've been I've I've seen you put up a lot of really cool uh, TikToks lately, and uh, you've been doing like your what is it Cosmic Tea, Galactic Tea, Galactic Tea, Galactic Yeah, tea. yes. Um, what was what was the so- latest one? The latest one was the um, Fugitive Predator. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so I'm doing a Halloween theme, trying to get some monstrous characters. Oh, yeah. And soon there will be a vote between two of the monsters. So Nice. Which will probably happen after this gets <laughs> uploaded. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but you can still go on there and vote. It, it'll be up. Like, there's no end to the voting. It's just in my comments. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, the projects that we've been working on, of course, you've been working on your book. Excuse me. I got, um, I've been working consistently getting at least a page done of editing a day. So, that's just great. Okay. Slowly getting back into it, especially since work has been super busy and making me tired. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That darn work getting in the way of the things we really want to do. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's inspiring, but it inspires me to write more. It never inspires me to edit. So <laughs> that's a. Uh, I think you did say something about like editing. You're not really you're you're you don't care much about the editing part. It's my least favorite part. Um, yeah, the the dyslexia just kind of gets in the way a little bit. So, and then rereading it and fixing whatever jumbled mess I threw down while I was like excited about what I was saying, and yeah. then didn't actually what I was trying to say. So, um, it's just a reading and picking through what I read is kind of annoying. <laughs> okay, it's not as fun as actually creating the story. Yeah, because like when the when the when the brain juices are flowing, that stuff feels good and it's fun. And then you got to go yeah. back and try to like. It's like you're trying make to go it back, make, sense. make it make sense, but you got to like try to remember the frame of mind like that you were in when you were writing it. Yeah, you know, and like, oh, well, I fixed that a little bit by just listening to like the whole chapter or the next few pages that I'm going to edit. Mm, okay, and then going through it again but sometimes it's just so jumbled or whatever i wrote or i'm babbling like (laughs) sometimes i have to just delete full like a full like two or three sentences because i'm saying the same thing over and over again like my reader already got the point i don't need to keep saying this (laughs) there are books that do that to fill spaces like they repeat phrases or they do like these recaps and it's like, okay, I already read this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need this. to do that. <laughs> Especially if I'm showing, not telling. Yeah. Like, I'll show and then tell, especially since I'm for some reason obsessed with my characters doing this journal type thing. So obviously mm-hmm. something happens to them and then they talk about it. But sometimes they talk about it a little too much. I'm like, gotcha. <laughs> go on to the rest, next part of the mission. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, just some uh, updates on developments with our show. Um, so we've gotten all of the bugs worked out. So we're on uh, pretty much all the major platforms. So that means we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon, Spotify, and then like a whole list of other stuff that I like 
we're on, but they're platforms I don't really uh, mess around with. But, you know, there are people out there. So that's cool, along with our YouTube. So mm-hmm. I would encourage anyone listening to this to go find us on YouTube and go ahead and uh, subscribe to that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you also are the administrator of our Facebook group. Yes, we have a Facebook group, too. So uh, if you like, we, you can post fun, cool stuff on there about sci-fi, or I'll put up questions. I'll also put my Galactic Tea on there. And if you want to find our uh, this show that you're listening to, apparently, is on there, too. <laughs> so you can share it with other people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Click the share button. There you go. Yep. And um, have some really fun conversations with us on these episodes. Uh when I listen to our show, you know, while I'm editing, I go back and I'm like, you know what, that was cool. Or I'm like, I wish I could have said that. But that's that's really cool, the cool aspect of the social media, where even though we're done recording, the conversation is still live. So anyone that wants to jump in and add some of their viewpoints, that is more than welcome. Also, since we're on all of these platforms, leave reviews. And I don't care what it is. If you think we're a one star, go ahead and tell us why we're a one star. Let's get that algorithm rolling, right? <laughs> <laughs> or at least tell us something, you know, yeah, tell, tell us, us how we can do better. Like we might take your advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. So today we are we are taking a look at Babylon 5 Season 1, Episode 11, entitled Survivors. And I'm a I'm going to go ahead and jump into this. This episode is about survivors' guilt and how two characters in particular are dealing with that. Um, it's, it's also, it comes across more like a cop show episode, right? Because what's happening is Garibaldi is framed for the attempted uh, assassination of President Santiago. So there's like an explosion in one of the docking bays. Um, One of the engineer characters dies. He's just just a guy, right? Um, Not a main character. Or no, he's injured. He, He dies later in the episode, but... Um, he names Garibaldi. Uh, the president's like security detail comes onto the station, and it's um, it happens to be someone that Garibaldi has a past with. Her name is Major Leona Kimmer. Um, Garibaldi was good friends with her dad, and while they were on Mars, uh, Leona Kimmer's father gets killed because Garibaldi is apparently is a really good cop, right? And he's he's um coming down on some gangsters and instead of, you know, he knows that they're going to they are planning to kill him. And he's he, he even tells you in the story that he can, he thinks he can handle it. But what they end up doing is they kill uh Kimmer's father in an explosion, making it look like an accident. She never forgives him and he doesn't ever forgive himself as well. Um in the episode, like pretty much at the end of the episode, they say like he says, you know, we survived this traumatic thing, and you know, we this is something we got to live with. So, mm-hmm. so that's 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 the context of that's the context of the title survivors. So, what are y'all? What are y'all's overall take on this episode? Um, what are your take? What is your take on the survivors' guilt part? I enjoyed the episode. Um, I really like it a lot when they focus on a singular thing um, instead of like the jumping three and four different plot lines together. Um, But it was really cool to get some more history on Garibaldi because he's always, you know, I don't know acting like a snitch and being in people's business and oh being the <laughs> cop okay my bad my bad yeah that's his, yeah, he's a cop it's totally his job right right um but to like 
bring some humanity to him because I really don't um, like him or cops for that matter. And this episode helped me see him more as a person. Yeah. Um, like I said, it does come across as a cop show, like a cop procedural, because uh, Garibaldi gets framed and he goes on the run. He's going to clear his name and uh, the commander is on his side and trying to stall things while the the other investigation team is closing in on him. He gets beat up. All this stuff. It's, it's, it's some pretty funny stuff that happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to kind of take a step back this is the episode that reminds me the most of mass effect um from the dialogue from the from the scenery like the progression of the character i'm like whoever you know the uh, creators of mass effect i do believe they were incur- they were inspired by uh babylon 5 in parts um mm. kind of like that neon nostalgia you know uh, what do they call it? Uh, but I, re- I remember looking at it. I'm like, yeah, this is like kind of the, the the gritty film grain that you get from Mass Effect. Yeah, it's an option you can turn on and turn off. Uh, uh-huh. being, in, being in there, I'm like, yeah, this is really what the sh- the game is like. You know, um, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Garibaldi had quick interactions with some of the other characters. The el- you know the other alien characters. And I'm like, this is like having those conversations on the Citadel. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it seemed very stereotypical of a uh, like 90s cop show. And there was a couple of like little check marks that they oh, they, yeah. they got to when it came to the stereotypes of a, a 90s cop show. Yep. Especially, I cracked up when he ordered that water. Yeah. <laughs> So I w- I wrote down in my notes like okay breadcrumbs Garibaldi orders water from the bar and then and then like I'm like I forget that this is the episode where he falls off the wagon and I'm like oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah him uh, taking that drink um, was quite emotional I like to support people in making healthy lifestyle changes. And I'm just like, I'm 24 hours. If you are in a drive-thru about to eat meat, call me and I will, you know, <laughs> help get you back on track. And so just watching him do that was like, no, don't do it. Um, <laughs> I did not like very much how he was acting visibly drunken and then sobered up so quickly the very next scene later like it was no time had passed there's no way that he could have been functioning the way he did at the end of the episode under that level of intoxication so i wasn't really feeling that part i mean i mean go ahead go ahead man. he probably does have a tolerance there's a lot of people who will like be functional alcoholics because they're just used to drinking so, like, it was probably like riding a bike for him to be functional <laughs> drunk. Oh, man. Was, this is interesting. Especially yeah. someone who probably couldn't live life without it at one point. It, it's like, I guess, like, getting back on a, it, it's, it's natural <laughs> to them, I guess. Um, also, there was a. He made a comp where he made a request when he was when he was apprehended. He was like, "Do you have any oxy pills or something else, like something <laughs> to help him deal with his him being drunk?" He's mm. like, and so we don't we don't see it happen, but maybe someone did give him some uh, some medication to help him sober up a little. Sober up. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. But two hundred um, years in the future, they probably got better stuff for that. right. Yeah. <laughs> And be sober now. You're just five ninety nine. Oh shoot! <laughs> I mean, we got hyperspace travel. We got space stations. They got some pills to help you quickly sober up from your night out drinking. And it's all for sale. You gotta you gotta spend money doing it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, his little rant at the bar um, about the people down here coming up to the top level later. I was like, mm, see, there you go being an asshole cop. That's man. what I was going to say. That's what was, everybody is an asshole and he's drunk. <laughs> even more even more so than usual. And so that's why we that's why you don't give him a drink. Um, it t- and it turns out so. So let's let's kind of like connect some dots. Garibaldi is an alcoholic. It, I don't know if there if a trigger or a catalyst matters. He is an alcoholic. And he is managing it while he's working on Babylon 5. And so uh, him focusing on only having water, because he spends a lot of time at the bars and the casinos uh, doing his investigations, watching people. Um, he's uh, he's around he's around that atmosphere that environment frequently, and he's developed some tools to kind of keep himself uh, keep himself straight, keep himself sober. But mm-hmm. when the pressure is really on, and this when Major Kimmer came on, so that ha- that connects to like a past trauma. It it does make sense that he would like do the same thing he did before because he was mm-hmm. under that like severe amount of stress. <clears throat> and then the other thing that, all right, so this is the other thing that bothered me. Um, at the beginning, that uh, alien that was trying to steal the credit chip uh, mm-hmm. and how he basically went full police brutality on him. Mm-hmm. I was like, that this, no. <laughs> And then blamed it on his species. That's you blame it. On, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. It's like you know all of them are just like okay. you know how they are. Yep. <laughs> and then he blamed it on uh, just losing his temper, and I was just like, no, this sounds way too familiar. <laughs> Garibaldi's a race. Well, species speciesist cop. Vicious. Mm-hmm. Species mm-hmm. cop, yeah, it's a problem. Uh, <laughs> but then the then the station commander was just like, "Forget all that. Tell me what's really going on." Mm-hmm. Like, um, which okay, he's trying to relate with Garibaldi. They both share trauma as far as like the war, but Garibaldi's service is insecurity. He's a cop. That's his whole. That's his whole MO. Like, and apparently Mars is a very dangerous place to do any of that stuff to. So he's Yeah, he's, they were saying that it's like either they were corrupt or didn't care. There yeah. was Yeah. No in between. Nobody actually doing their job there. Except for Garibaldi. Which uh we will visit Mars later in the series and you'll see how it goes. And it's it's a combination of organized crime and just corporate corruption. Mm-hmm. And Garibaldi was like living his best life in that environment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like the way he <laughs> described it was that it was pretty awful. Well he was you- drunk the whole time. That's just- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. oh man! No, but he's—you know—he's a cop. He—he he loves being in the thick of that stuff. Um. Also, I wanted to know what did you all think about Garibaldi and uh, Lando forming this friendship? I think I think this might be the first episode that they start this uh, story thread, but. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on Lando considering Garibaldi his good friend? That he's just a a very emotional manipulator. He is <laughs> always like orchestrating things in order to you know get the outcome that he desires. Um, I feel like he's setting pieces up to eventually be in his favor, no matter what he does, but. He definitely has some big emotions that keep coming out. Yeah. And he's always looking for uh, 
knowledge of people and things in order to manipulate again. So him knowing this bit of him, of a Garibaldi that's not, you know, strict cop, I mean, your face, it gives him pleasure. <laughs> like, he, yeah. get, he gets the pleasure of, oh, I know about him. And it, yeah. he might just want to be friends with him because he feels like he has the upper hand. Mm. He might think he does. I don't know. It, clearly, he probably doesn't. But from his perspective and his ego, which is enormous, um, yeah, <laughs> he may think he has an upper hand on Garibaldi by knowing that you've been in trouble before, too. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting because so we'll say that's a breadcrumb in that from for from here on out there is an interesting uh, development of their relationship and if I do recall this is the first episode where they are like yeah well where Londo's like yeah you're my friend and he just pins that label on him and it never goes away. Because mm. uh, in earlier in earlier episodes, Garibaldi is like, I'm keeping an eye on you, Lando, or I'm trying not to kill you right now, Lando. You know, like <laughs> and now when he goes to when he goes to Lando for for help, Lando's like, Yeah, I'll totally help you. <laughs> so You know what? Lando may respect him because <clears throat> of his like way of gathering information. Because that's what oh, his species yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. Gathering information to, to hold against you at some point is their whole thing. Yeah, that's like... So he probably yeah. sees him as one of them a little bit. Yep. So that 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 makes sense. It makes sense. He's like, I totally respect you. You're, you're deceptive. Uh <laughs> You are you're good. You have a good use of your resources, or you're resourceful. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that. He mm-hmm. even let look. He even let uh, Garibaldi borrow money. <laughs> he gave him five hundred ducats, which that's the Centauri uh, currency. Which is it just sounds mm-hmm. funny. Ducats, fifty thousand. I guess in his culture, like, oh, you should like me because I gave you this money. I think I already respect you, but yeah, I will make sure I'm going to butter you up by giving you some money. And then, so in the very next scene, because Londo gives him information, he's like, look, I know things, the Narn were involved with this. They, they insisted on Centauri money. So then when he goes to Jakar, Jakar is like already, now this is the Jakar that we will know for the rest of the series like this version of jakar is um he is the the final form not the final form but he's he's on his way right um and andreas like he is in full mode right the way the jakar speaks the way he moves the projection of his voice he's he's very um he's very poetic now uh, and this is where, in my notes, I wrote down that Jakar is becoming the uh, the war poet that his character develops into and is known for in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's no longer, he, you know, maybe for a few episodes remaining in this series, which we're on episode 11. We have like, what, about another 11 episodes remaining. So we're halfway through this season. Yay. Congratulations, y'all. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is also where the show begins to really take off. There's a lot of storylines that are converging. We know that Sinclair is prone to putting himself in danger. He does it again in this episode, but it's very brief. We know that Garibaldi has a checkered past being, uh, being a cop falling off the wagon. He's an alcoholic. Um, we know about Mondo Malari's issue and his position of power. We know about Jakar's background and his position of power. We, we now know about the distrust that all the ambassadors have with each other. And mm-hmm. so the stage is set. And right 
as the stage is set, entering the stage through the background is President Santiago's ship. He's visiting Babylon 5 to unveil a new fighter wing. We don't get to see the president. We only get to see the cool ship. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've we've seen, we've heard about the president and the election and all this stuff going on in the backgrounds. Uh, Psycor is trying to influence the election. There's a lot of moving parts. And then they also mention what is like pretty instrumental to this episode. What are their names? Home Guard? Uh, the, the pro-human... The, the pro-human group. Oh, was it Home Guard? I think it's Home Guard. I think it's Home Guard. Let me look. Let me uh, my notes. I can't see it. I wrote. I know I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, Home Guard. Um, and you got all these. It is interesting that like the human-centric episodes begin to bring these elements together, and so mm-hmm. we're starting to see that there is there is a there is something going on in the background. There is a conspiracy. Uh, Home Guard is on the is is brought to the front on this episode because they're the ones who orchestrated the first, um, like the first sabotage, the first explosive going off, and then they're trying to get another one to go off when the president's there. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to see those strings start begin to converge. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you haven't seen the whole series with me Sunday, so I wanted to kind of get. Like, what are some of your, what's some of your instincts on all of these things coming together? Mm. Ooh, I feel uh, under the gun. I dare know. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I um, am kind of stuck on like that one alien that is really big and under the suit and has light up under it, you know? The one. Um, oh yeah, uh, Ambassador Kosh. Yeah, yeah. That I just have some kind of feelings about him or them. I'm not sure what their gender is, but that they, you know, they've got some secrets and mysteries going on that I'm not going to be surprised when they come out. It's going to be like aha, aha. Um, but with <laughs> everything that is going on um, on Earth, with you know all of these groups that don't agree with what's going on on Babylon five, that, um, that it makes sense that the other four Babylons failed and it could be likely because of sabotage like situations like this going on. We, yeah, I know they did have a conversation in the past about they were sabotaged. Uh, and Babylon mm-hmm. 4 had basically uh, disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of secrets, did y'all notice who was not in the episode? Um, What's her name? Yep. The, uh, the psychic. Yep. Oh. Yep. Dylan, nowhere to be found. Uh. Which is probably a good thing. She probably would have distracted from this story, but it's also interesting. Nowhere to be found. So well, I mean, if the ship is, if the station's going to possibly be blown up, and uh, her job is to kill him before he finds out about his secret, then it it might be best for her to just not be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder because, like, okay, Londo and Jakar both had information on all this stuff. They stuck around. But yeah, um, yeah. It also kind of makes sense that um, it really wouldn't be any of her business. Like it wasn't any of the other guys' business either. But Garibaldi was more likely to go after the sneaky people to find the people who are openly sneaky to help him out. Yeah. Yep. They, they that, yeah, that makes sense for him to go to. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They didn't really need to go to her. <clears throat> So how did y'all feel about the character um Major Leona Kimmer? She came on with tam- she came on the station with her face resting. Um <laughs> uh, what did y'all think of that character? I thought that 
that it was really like sad the way she explained that she really, you know, was hurt by his absence. Not that she wanted to like, you know, um, blame him for the loss of her father, but it was more so that I lost my father and my uncle. And so, yeah, it was really hard for her to see past her pain in order to do her job properly. Yeah. Because that uh, the first bit of evidence that she had was very circumstantial. Like the dude said, the dude's dying, just got blown out of a, a, out into space, and you yeah. wake him up. And the first thing he says when you're yelling at him is Garibaldi. We don't know why he said Garibaldi. She thinks he's answering the question, but he could be in shock. Uh, there's a reason why they won't wake him up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, they just disregarded Dr. Franklin altogether, which I guarantee you he is not happy about. And he's probably, you know, seething somewhere in the station. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Especially after the last episode. Oof. Yeah. The the previous episode, listeners, was about believers. And that's a rough episode altogether. Mm -hmm. And then they open this episode, letting another patient for Dr. Franklin just die. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, but at least he's humble, though. He's humble now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Again, so uh, as Mel pointed out, this movie, movie, this show is about shared trauma. So, um. There's the trauma of Leona's father being killed and both of them dealing with it in different ways. Um, Garibaldi does come out and he's like, hey, I would have I would trade places with him in a minute if I could, like if he knew that was going to happen. So he definitely has survivor's guilt, which can be a very powerful, um, a very powerful feeling because like your friend dies not only because of you, you know, he's doing his job, right? He blames himself. He's, he's, I'm doing this. I'm doing this, but he died because of my job. And I was supposed to be the one to die. Um, that's like some serious, that's some serious guilt. Yeah. it's. I cannot even imagine how troubling that is when 2020 happened and all of you know, dog grooming businesses were closed across the country. Um, but my mobile unit, you know, due to the wording of the legislation where I live allowed me to keep working. It was so hard to be on social media and see just my colleagues like suffering and struggling. Um, and like to have lost a really good friend and it, you know, should have been you. Oof. Yeah. I definitely can, you know, see how he spiraled, you know, yeah. and being on a a planet, I guess that's where they were, on a planet that I'm sure doesn't have the best mental health available. Oh <laughs> yeah. How Mars is a trash place. Yeah. You don't like you don't want to go to Brown Sector on Babylon Five. You don't want to go to Mars. You're going to get stabbed or shot or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we are, so we see that we have like this shared trauma um, because Babylon 5 is a war epic uh, space opera, <clears throat> space opera. We're going to, we're going to visit, excuse me, hold on. We're going to, we're going to consistently revisit the topic of, trauma um mm-hmm. so it's it's gonna be like there are at least two whole episodes about trauma due to war so um yeah audience get ready for the heartrending. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's gonna yeah it's gonna come um so i wanted to go back so when garibaldi goes on the run there are a couple of funny things that happen of course uh, oh shoot! What was his name? The um, 
so major major Kimmer's uh, security officer, uh, they called him Cutter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he's a he's, you know spoiler whatever. He's he's a member of Homefront, but he's like, or I'm sorry, Home Guard. I keep saying Homefront. See, Homefront sounds more um, white supremacist, Nazi ish. And I bet there is like an actual group called Homefront somewhere that I'll keep that keeps coming to mind. <laughs> so, but Home Guard, he's a Home Guard person. But um, remember when they went to Garibaldi's uh, quarters and he walks in by himself and comes out with like all the evidence, right? All the evidence in one spot in his hands. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like before he went in, Garibaldi was about to like, Mess him up pretty good, right? <laughs> and I was, I was, what was my notes? Um, uh, he was about to beat the shit out of the security officer. <laughs> <laughs> the dude was reaching for his gun, but Garibaldi didn't care. That, and the thing is, we know for a fact what that Garibaldi knew what he was doing because later on, the guy pulls a gun, Garibaldi beats the piss out of him, mm-hmm. like with his bare hands. So that's how they would have went. <laughs> um, <laughs> But also, he's like the the camp, uh, cutter is like next time Garibaldi. He's like, nah, uh, <laughs> next time it ain't gonna, it's not gonna go the way you think it's gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Which, um, yeah, I wish that I wish they had better fight scenes because uh-huh. the 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 fights. Okay, they're trying to make Garibaldi look tough, but they were very uh, theater. You know what I mean? So yeah, not they. Those don't uh, very much. The I'm going to stand here and wait for my cue before I fight again. Yeah, he's what he's. Oh yeah, fighting three big alien dudes. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're not there yet, but <laughs> yeah, no, 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 because it's it's pretty pretty shortly after this scene. Yeah, like when he goes into the alien sector and he's getting jumped, mm-hmm. which um, okay, that fight scene. Much better than some other scenes later in the series because people aren't doing like pointless running up wall moves mm-hmm. <laughs> or or nonsense flips. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it does happen. It happens. His arm through that bar, like to swing the chain through the bar, and that's how Garibaldi caught a hold of his arm. I was like, that is not real. It, yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that uh that alien was like huge too so mm-hmm. i guess they're like he's big and dumb and garibaldi you know he's a he's a street smart hard-nosed cop he's hard-boiled mm-hmm. so he knows how to handle himself in a street fight <laughs> uh, unless it's three on one and then he's getting he's getting beat up pretty bad he's getting beat up by the giant plus like three drazi aliens mm-hmm. And then Sinclair shows up and he's like, oh, hey, someone's <laughs> life is in danger. Let me join. Let me <laughs> no weapons needed. Great. <laughs> and then he loses them right after that. <laughs> right. Like he could have really got away that fast. You kept yeah. up with all those people in the fight. But it was, <laughs> yeah. When they're not attacking you, you can't, you don't keep up with them. <laughs> Right, but I guess this kind of shows how Garibaldi's life is spiraling. He he immediately um, escapes custody and gets beat up on the streets and ends up in the bar. Um, and he's hiding from security. He buys a hat. Well, he actually he really isn't rented. buying the hat. He's buying. Yeah, he rented the hat. He bought <laughs> like he bought that alien silence. Gave it back, and the dude was like. You don't want hat? Take drink. I'm going to the casino. And I was like, that dude probably doesn't need to go to the casino. I <laughs> know <laughs> he ended down there anyway. I think he said that was his drama. Didn't that alien like go and snitch on them or something like? Oh yeah, he immediately he immediately went and snitched. But um, but it yeah. would have made it would have added to it if they would have said that there was a, a um, informant or something. Oh no, to do with money. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's for money. Like if there was a a reward for finding him. 
Yeah. Because he stepped out and saw that there was a reward for the guy that he just got money from. He's like, okay, more money. Like, despite the fact that he just helped me out. Right. So, uh, I think at that time, that time too, um, Ivanova had like uh, tied up all the uh, communication. Communication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, maybe since security was going section by section, maybe he was just like, hey, you see Garibaldi? He's like, yeah, he's right over there. And you know what? Think about it. They would rat Garibaldi out too, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. wants the opportunity to do that because one, he's a cop. Two, he's an asshole. <laughs> uh, and then three, it's like, hey, if, you know, they, they want to get back at him. Because mm-hmm. uh, remember, he drank and he's like just dumping on all the people that's down there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, being so rude, you know. <laughs> there is one more part that I want to talk about is... Um, before he got beat up and all that stuff, remember when uh, Garibaldi went down to the alien sector and he's talking to the insectoid? Uh-huh. And he's, yeah. like, hey. he's like, hey, you know, you could probably fix me up. He's like, I'm not a fixer. I'm doing legitimate business. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, come on. Come on now. <laughs> he knows what he does. <laughs> you going to stop I'm doing like, it now. You are a cop, he's, sir. Yes. <laughs> He's like, nope. He's like, even without your badge, you're still a cop. So, nope, we're not helping cops. <laughs> Once a cop, always a cop. And I'm yep. thankful that they didn't accept him um, because you see how he acted in the bar. Like, yep. that is still in you. You Ain't nothing changed. You just falling on bad times. And now you want to, like, accept this lifestyle that you've been uh, pissing on and throwing us in jail, and you think we gonna help you? I'm surprised right. they didn't beat him up. There was that big, dumb-looking alien again, too, uh, from the episode they got that where where Jakar went down there. So, mm-hmm. but they had a replacement for the other one that died. <laughs> so that's con- that's lore consistent. That's great. Um, but yeah, the insectoid was like a cab all day. Garibaldi need to walk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other thing there, there's another thread that's going on here and you know, is, is uh, to this point, it's just kind of, um, expected. So commander Sinclair is trying to be by the book, but he, he does, uh, get around, um, major Kimmer throwing her weight around for a little while. Right. But. Come, you know, come to find out the higher ups give her presidential clearance and she's taken over the basically taken over the station in the investigation. So Sinclair is like, sorry, I got to do it. But Garibaldi, give me your stuff so I can and, you know, you got to you got to be suspended and, you know, turning turning your your comm link, your clearance and your gun. And you can see that Sinclair is just like really bothered by this, but he's you know he's the diplomat, he's the mm-hmm. he's, he's the Boy Scout, and he at the, at the time he can't really think of anything to get around it. Which really, what it does is puts him on the sideline for the rest of the episode, pretty much, except for when yeah. he goes down to um, except for when he goes and do a street fight. But that again, that's kind of a uh, kind of his uh, his bag. <laughs> That was another um, stereotype, stereotypical uh, scene, like a, like a cop show was, scene. Like, yeah, like you know me, you don't, don't, you don't have to do this. Like, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Like, there's probably a thousand scenes just like that. Just like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm trying to think. There are so many cop shows: uh, NYPD Blue, New York Undercover, Twenty One Jump Street. TJ Hooker. And then there's like the kids. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the kids shows, the cartoons and stuff that will mimic that. Yeah. Yeah. Copaganda for kids is wild. Uh-huh. Um, like I Squad. <laughs> what did you say? I Squad. I Squad. <laughs> um, oh, uh, 
I remember in the 80s, remember they were trying to make cartoon shows out of all the like rated R movies? There was a oh. RoboCop, oh. the movie, the Ro- RoboCop TV uh, cartoon show. Um, I don't remember that. It's That's okay. why. It's okay. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'm glad they're not doing that now. No. Nah. Mm. So they bring back a lot of stuff, but I don't think they're bringing back rated R stuff. I mean, no, yeah, you're right. They're, <clears throat> it's like all of the studios are trying to make stuff specifically for kids so they can sell toys and action figures and video games, right? Um, right. Because right now the big things are Dis- the, the Disney stuff, so like Marvel and uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Star Wars just got a kid's show now too. Oh. A young Jedi. Oh, yeah? yeah, they've been doing that for a while. Oh, really? I'm just seeing this. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that that particular thing, but I know that Star Wars had what was like cartoon they've shows, had animated like, cartoons for a while. Clone Wars and um, what's the other one? Basically, they was joking that Ahsoka is pretty much a live action of both of those. Oh, Rebels. Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Ahsoka it, it and is. Rebels were kids <laughs> shows. They weren't really like kids shows. I think maybe they were like for like older kids or preteens at, at the youngest. Yeah. I watched all of, uh, what was it? The, yeah, Clone Wars. And I'm I like, this is not it. kids show. This is made for older kids. Well, the name of it is Clone Wars. People get murdered and shot and killed and exploded in that cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and doesn't somebody get their head cut off? Oh, it's been a while. And it was kind of long, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, they are, quote unquote, they're cartoons. They're not for kids. Uh, Tweens and under. Yeah. Nothing is for children. Like, well, like, Paw Patrol has a new movie. Copaganda. (laughs) The last movie was about the cop one. Don't they have, like, superpowers in the movie? Yeah, this one they get superpowers. But they already had superpowers in the show. So now they're doing a movie about it. I don't understand. Okay. But I'm not the target audience for that. So <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> I hang out with the target audience. So, yeah. <laughs> well, not I, hang out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You totally just hang I'm, out. I'm with them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you are, I take care of them. I don't hang out with them. You I'm are the parental them. supervision. <laughs> <laughs> you are the guidance. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guide them. Yeah. Um, so this episode, and we're kind of veering off because there's not a whole, whole lot left to it other than um, it is revealed that Cutter planted the evidence in Garibaldi's uh, quarters He's home guard. Um, he's a he's an anti alien fascist. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, he's trying to like he the so the the objective is to basically sabotage the the launch of the new fighter wing. I don't know if they are if it's basically they are trying to assassinate. President Santiago. They're trying to get rid of him because he's going to be pushing forward um, some alien-friendly uh, legislation, uh, which mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense because that's that's been his um, his agenda the entire series. That's why Babylon Five got Sinclair as the uh, as the uh, station commander because his job is to have friendly. Um, diplomatic relations with the alien species, even the ones that try to eradicate them. They are trying to avoid war. And so, uh, as, as stated in previous episodes, the human there are a lot of humans that are very sore about it. They were like, we, all, we, we almost got annihilated and you want to make friends with these people? And so you're going to have, you have like people taking action and they're um, going the terrorist route. They're trying to assassinate the president and take over and be more like um, isolationists in the galaxy. Yeah. So, so that's what's so that's that's where we are. Garibaldi beats the pants off of 
cutter, stops the launch, and then uh, he kind of reconciles with um, Leona. Mm-hmm. They do like the conversation they have is a really good conversation for them to have. Like it's a step towards repairing their broken relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's so the actress is pretty young, mm-hmm. still right, but they they present her as being super serious and whatnot. But by the ep- end of the episode, they did a really clever thing. Let they let her hair down. Mm-hmm. And that's like um, a sign of her relaxing her protection against Garibaldi, yeah. um, which okay, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool symbolism. <laughs> it reminds me um, how Ivanova, because I thought that she was Ivanova when she first was walking down. I'm like, oh, that's not her, um, because right. they look alike. No, I'm joking, <laughs> but. <laughs> And when when Ivanova was working to protect um, Garibaldi by having the communications officer like run whatever simulation she did so that there was no way to communicate off the base, I was just like, look at her. She didn't have to do that. Um, yeah, because I know they don't always be getting along, the two of them. Oh, uh, her and uh, Garibaldi? Yeah. Yeah. I also like... At that, oh well, it was earlier when uh, I believe it was Sinclair was like, she need no. She told it was it was uh, Ivanova. She said you need to leave the command center. I assume that you will uh, resist. I am hoping that you will resist. Um, Ivanova, Ivanova, there is some pent up violence in that <laughs> in there. Like more than once, she's like, I really hope. I hope you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, man, like, no, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. You got it. The little banter that, um, Michael and Ivanova have is a little more like a sibling rivalry, rivalry, yeah. So it's like, I get to pick with him, don't pick with my brother, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 because they are on the same team, but they don't really hate each other, so they if just he annoy goes down, each other. It'll be because of me, not uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right, and and just to you know, because we do have, um, I'm just keeping in mind Nita's perspective. So Garibaldi's good at his job. That's why they want to keep him around. He is, un well, I won't say unconventional, but I mean it, it's it's kind of like a typical cop situation, right? He he will he will bend the rules and he'll use the corners of the law to achieve his goal. And so I, I, I believe that they do appreciate that. Okay, he knows how to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So, and then removing that, you you're removing like a whole, like trusted asset, and you pretty much have to start from scratch if you get someone else in that in that position. But mm-hmm. I mean, still, Garibaldi's a cop. He's an asshole drunk. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, we we need to keep him again. We need to keep him away from the liquor. <laughs> yeah. All right, but pretty much episode is uh, straightforward. It's done. Uh, yeah. They he acknowledges like, yeah, we survived that, and we gotta you know we gotta find a way to deal with. We gotta figure a way to deal with this. You know, we're survivors, and mm-hmm. I you know I, I hearing that it's like, okay, you survived some serious trauma. And you can look at that in two ways. You can look at it as like, this is the thing that happened to me, or this is the thing I was able to get out of. At the end of the episode, we are, I think we are seeing Garibaldi choosing to see it as a thing that he was able to get out of. Again, how how do I say this without spoiling it? We'll say like this, Garibaldi is a, he is an alcoholic. The end. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other final like, thoughts? Go ahead. Compared to last episode, this was not as deep with not as much nuance. It was kind of straightforward. It was very much the 90s style cop thing. It almost feels like 
a not so lazy filler compared to some Ooh. of the other stuff that we've been put through in this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, all the normal little elements of the show was just happened to be there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was almost like a, a filler for me. I mean, yeah, I can see that, but it did push the story that's happening in the, in the world of this story, the, the universe of this uh, series forward. Yeah. But it's not so. stuff that we haven't seen before. It pushes a tiny bit. Yeah, just just, just a tiny, teeny, tiny bit. Like, oh, they tried to blow up the president. Like, we already know they were trying to kill people. So, them yeah. trying to kill somebody this time was just um, a human this time. Yeah. Just another thing to go in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it can't. It, it would. It's not as a lazy as a normal filler because it does push the narrative a little bit. Because in a no, normal filler, it doesn't really push the the narrative. It's just kind of there. Yeah. But uh, that's why it's not so lazy. It's it's very there, but it's also for this show. Yeah. That's the laziest this show gets, basically. Yeah. <laughs> as far and, as I can remember. And it's you know, there's not a whole lot of story there. It's like you said, it's a cop. It's a framed cop story. Yeah. All told in like 40 minutes so well, most, yeah like a lot <laughs> yeah. of uh, cop movies yeah like how many of them in history have the cop getting in trouble or having to be on the other side of the law like it's very stereotypical he's a cop that tends to bend the law but he's good at his job except this no. time he <laughs> finds himself on the opposite side to try to free me and he, now, he need, now he needs to clear his name. I am thinking about how even in the last episode that there is situations where I feel like somebody could have should have suffered consequences for the thing they did. When she gave him that adrenaline and woke him up and then he died, I'm like, is that not a criminal offense? Like, is that like a legal thing that she did? Um, oh, you know, yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because they did like overlook that altogether. <laughs> they probably overlooked everything she did because of her position. Like she was able to overthrow the security of the whole station, right. and that's almost like uh, if I was compared to something like a what's the the military taking over the government? Like a like, um, yeah, like a coup. Martial law. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to a martial law thing, is like nope, I'm I'm taking over, and I have the authority. So if anyone was going, actually, I feel like if anyone had the authority to punish her for that, it would be the president. The president's probably like, you saved my life, so. Mm. And the guy was about but to die anyway. She, that was her thing. She, about she huh? got, but did she save the president's life? I think she was passed out when his life was saved. Oh, jeez. Yeah, she she got cattle. Oh, right. Garibaldi Garibaldi saved saved the president's life. And um, he He got thanked. Right, he needs credit. He needs. So he got thanked by by Sinclair. Mm -hmm. But um, when he mentioned, like, hey, I feel a big, big old raise coming, he's like, don't even think about it. Like, don't dream about it. And the thing about it is, like, no, he saved the president. Like, give him something. Give him some some steaks, uh, some some <laughs> some, some muffins, no, some coffee. Give him, yeah, give him go some. and sign that uh, petition that you're walking around with for the fair wages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you know what though? Okay, so you mentioned in that little bit of a, a teaser for what's coming up down later in the season. There are some pro labor episodes. There is a very strong pro labor episode. In fact, this episode does have some pro labor uh, mentions about how the um, how the the crew working in the um, in the in the the the, the star base or whatever uh, the shuttle base they're overworked and mm-hmm. how there could have been a mistake made. So that does tell me that. Um, there are issues with labor on Babylon 5, which they will address. It's going to be great. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes because it, it shows some really cool uh, character development for all of, for everybody. Which is crazy because they, they mentioned that they were short-staffed. 
Mm-hmm. But you've got all those people in brown area era, area that can't find jobs. It's like y'all could just train some people or something. But, but that costs money. Master's degrees to do it. That costs money. They they. The other thing about the people in the brown sector, a lot of them came there to open up shops and businesses and ran out of money, and they couldn't leave. Um, yes, while it would be really easy to like have a work um, training program on Babylon 5 and be able mm-hmm. to fill in some of their holes as far as like uh, the labor shortages, mm-hmm. remember, they're still running on a budget, and right. they're always trying to cut labor costs. And that's going to be part of the topic of the uh, of the labor centered episode. So mm-hmm. uh, it it is pretty interesting because you did you 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 pointed that out, which is always a problem. It's always mm-hmm. a problem. There's there's labor shortages everywhere, and um, the way that the way that it was said to me is not a labor per- shortage. It is a lack of what do they call it? The lack of staffing, inadequate mm-hmm. staffing. Mm-hmm. And um, corporations and these different jobs, they don't want enough staffing because they're saving money by having, by being understaffed. Mm-hmm. If the job doesn't get done well, it doesn't matter because they're still getting paid. <laughs> right. So. And then just trying to make the people who are left over feel like they're not doing the job right. Yep. But I don't think the people who are left You're over really care that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need this, this, and that done because of our paperwork and our bureaucracy, but we're not going to give you any help in doing it. <laughs> and then when somebody gets blown up and blown out of an airlock, you blame the person that died. Right. Yep. Oh, speaking of blaming the people, the people. earlier to. <laughs> sorry, I'm go ahead. sorry. This is probably totally like has nothing to do with this, but. Earlier today, I was trying to Google how to, like, prevent from touching people. Like, if I'm a really affectionate person, and so I'm trying to, like, get some tips and tricks on how to, like, keep my hands to myself when it's inappropriate to just be randomly touching people. And there were no resources for the perpetrator of inappropriate touching to, like, have some self-help tools to be better at that. Everything was targeted towards the victim of, you know, my assault to, you know, to tell me how to tell to stop touching them. And I was quite annoyed with that. And so what you guys, what we're talking about just made me think of that just now. That that is like wildly problematic in our society, along with like the need of all the other things that we um, are discussing. And it's, it's just sickening and disgusting that, that that it's set up like this. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because I've been for the last few years learning about um, narcissism or just controlling people in general. And there's barely anything on, you know, trying to convince these people that maybe they should try to get help. No one's trying to figure out how to get them to get their own help. It's only like the victims need to learn how to find the symptoms or find what's going on with them and stay away from them, which leads them to just go towards somebody else. Right. So, like, we're not solving the problem. You get to solve your problem if you feel like you need help. But there's nothing targeting these people other than themselves making it worse. Andrew Tate. Yeah. (laughs) The only people targeting them is each other. No one's trying to help them, actually, like, real help. Um. Hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of things. Like the things, the things that we should be fixing, that causes problems. We only look at the symptoms and not what's actually causing the problem. Not not roots. Not root no roots. Come on, right. that is a whole fact. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. All right. Let's um. Let's get out of this one because I think. We're probably about to have a whole different conversation. <laughs> so uh, let's get out of this episode. We want to thank everyone for joining us for this week on Voices uh, in Hyperspace on Legendary Black Line. I'm Mel Asylum. This is Sunday. And uh, you can find uh, Voices in Hyperspace. We're on TikTok now. 
at Voices in Hyperspace. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram. You can find you can find my stuff at Mel's Rebellion on Instagram, TikTok, um, and YouTube. And you cannot find me because I am hiding. Nice. <laughs> she's in witness protection. No, she's in hiding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all very much. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.